Jesus. Well, hey, church family, thanks for staying with us this morning. Thanks for worshiping with us. Uh, again, we thank Rod Loy and First Assembly North Little Rock for their worship team being available to us. Uh, so great. So guys, thank you so much for sticking with us this morning. And we are starting a new series today called Infinitely More. And this is based on one of the best verses in the New Testament, in my estimation. This is one that really speaks to me all the time. I quote it to myself all the time. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power work within us to accomplish infinitely more than all we might ask or think. Did you catch that? Infinitely more. Now I'm a dreamer. Uh, I drive my wife crazy. I'm always coming up with new things, new ideas that, that I want to try, things that I think might be possible. Here he says that God can do infinitely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's in us infinitely more. That means God has big dreams for you and for me, for our community, for our world. God has big stuff in store. So these next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to live a life of infinitely more. Now that means I want to live a life that has meaning. I want to live a life that has purpose. You want to live a life of meaning and purpose. So these next couple weeks, we're going to talk about what that means. We're going to flesh this out through the life of Jesus. Now, today we're going to talk about God's plan, the plan from the beginning. Now, I read a story about two old friends. They've been friends their entire lives. They were retired, sitting on the front porch, and they were just talking. And one of them said, hey, Ralph, you know, you and your wife, you've been married for like 50 years. You guys are always so happy. You're so mellow. Things go so good. What is your secret? They said, well, you know, the secret to having a long and happy life with your wife comes down to three words. And this friend said, oh, I know. I know what those words are. And he said, you know what? There's not a day goes by that I don't look at my wife and say, honey, I was wrong. <laughs> and so we know that that guy had a plan for a good marriage, and I'm going to have a plan to sleep in the doghouse after that, I think. But you know what, guys? God has a plan. And the amazing thing is God has had a plan since the beginning. All the way back in the book of Genesis, in the very beginning, God had a plan for us. And we know that in the beginning, God's original design was perfect. If you think about it, Adam and Eve were in the garden. God's design was to have a relationship with them, to walk, to talk with them. There's an old song that talks about that. He walks with me, talks with me. That's what God did in the garden. He walked with Adam and Eve. They hung out together. Think about that. They hung out with God in the flesh right there. They had everything you could think about. They had trees. They had animals. I mean, he had a pet tiger before the Tiger King had a pet tiger, right? I mean, this is incredible. And I've never seen the show, so I can't say much about it. But God wanted a relationship with them. It was a perfect situation, and there was only one rule. He said, don't eat of these two trees. Everything else is yours. You can have anything you want. They were vegetarians at the time, so, you know, the animals were safe. They hung around with them. But guys, one selfish act brought a disaster. We know the story. Adam and Eve were in the garden. The serpent came up, and he did a little wordplay on him. He twisted God's word, 
and he deceived them. And he twisted God's first command and only command to them was not to eat these things. Satan twisted it, and they rebelled against God's authority. Guys, and this is where all of it starts. One act of defiance against God's authority. And guys, that really, that's where most of it comes from, isn't it? We don't like people telling us what to do, man. We're Americans. We want to we wanna be in charge. And all this came down to one selfish act. God said, you can eat of anything you want. Just don't eat of these two trees. And they did. And it brought disaster. And that disaster, that selfish act that Adam and Eve spread to all of us, Because of that one act in the garden, that act of defiance against God's authority, we are all affected now. And guys, you know this. We all have this desire inside of us to do the wrong thing, to rebel against authority. That's why we have to have police officers. That's why they have to have speed traps. You know, that's why we do these things, because we all want to do what we want. We want it our way. And so this had far-reaching effects. We're all born now with this tendency to sin. Now, when babies are born... They haven't sinned, right? But they all had that root, right? If you've ever tried to, to make a two-year-old share, you know that first word, no, 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 right? Nobody has to teach us how to be selfish. It's inside of us. And so God's plan was kind of derailed, but not really, because we understand that God had room in his plan for our mistakes. He knew at the beginning that we were going to blow it. He knew we couldn't be good enough. So God had a plan all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Because, guys, God's plan was always for redemption. What is redemption? It means to buy back, to bring back. God's plan was always to bring us back to himself. I read this great story. It's not a true story, but it was a great story about Billy Graham. Billy Graham's my hero. The guy preached for years and years to more people than anyone else on the planet and never had an accusation brought against him. But this story says... Billy Graham was scheduled to preach this huge crusade. He flies into the airport, right? He gets, uh, the guy comes out and gets his luggage and takes Billy Graham to this limo because, you know, they were treating him well because he's Billy Graham. So Billy Graham says, man, that is a nice limo. And the guy's like, yeah, top of the line, you know, really powerful. And Billy Graham said, you know, I've always had this dream of driving a limo. Could, could I drive on the way back from the airport? He's like, what do you do, say no to Billy Graham? So he says, sure. He gives Billy Graham his hat. The chauffeur climbs in the back of the limo. Billy Graham gets in. He just takes off tearing down the road. You know, big old limo. He's speeding because, you know, Billy Graham, right? And this cop pulls him over, and he comes walking up, and Billy Graham rolls down the window. And the cop looked at him, and he said, you're Billy Graham, right? And he said, yeah. And the cop said, just give me a minute. And he walks back to his car, and he calls his sergeant. He says, hey, uh, <clears throat> I just pulled over a VIP, and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And I said, well, who'd you pull over? The governor? He said, no, bigger than that. He said, well, is it the president, a senator? He's like, no, bigger than that. He said, well, who is it? And he said, well, I'm pretty sure I pulled over Jesus because Billy Graham's a chauffeur. So, you know, there's this idea all the way back in Genesis that God wanted to redeem us because he knows we needed redemption. He knows that we needed saving from ourselves, from our sinful nature. So God had a plan in place even before sin happened. He had a plan all the way back in Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 3, also in the Version Bible app, if you go to the events tab, it's going to be right there. Genesis chapter 3. We see that God came into the garden and Adam and Eve were hiding. And he said, where are you? And they said, well, you know, we were naked, so we were, we were kind of afraid. So we hid. And he said, well, what happened? And he said, you ate of that tree, didn't you? 
And they start blaming each other. You know, Adam's like, she made me do it. And she said, oh, the serpent made me do it. And Adam said, that woman, you know, the one you gave me, she caused me to do it. And so God curses the serpent. And in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3, we see the very first time in Scripture, all the way back in Genesis, that God had a plan for redemption. In verse 15, he says, I will cause hostility between you and the woman. He's talking to the serpent, to Satan. Between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And you may think, well, what is that talking about? That's talking about Jesus all the way back in Genesis. He said, you know what, Satan? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to hit Jesus, but he's going to win. And so all the way back there, we see that. And so the cross is not a reaction to sin. The cross was the plan all the way back in Genesis. We see that the Old Testament shows us glimpses of God's plan of sacrifice and rescue. All the way through the Old Testament, we see glimpses all through history of God's plan to redeem us, to save us. Noah's Ark in Genesis 7 talks about a plan of escape from destruction through a Savior. Noah was that Savior. He saved the world from destruction through God's plan. We see again in Abraham in Genesis 22 where God told Abraham to take his son, the son of the promise, up to the mountain and he tells him to kill him. And Abraham was willing to do that, to sacrifice his son for the good of humanity and God stopped him. We see there a father willing to give his son for the salvation of humanity. This was God's plan all the way back. The Passover we talked about last Sunday in Exodus chapter 12. If you didn't get to hear the Easter message, you can go back and listen to it. It talks about how the Passover showed us that the, the sacrifice of a lamb would save the people from death. And that's what Jesus was. Jesus was that perfect lamb who gave his life for us. So this was the plan all the way back. God's plan leads to restoration and forgiveness. In John chapter 1, verses 29 to 34, we see John the Baptist was out baptizing. And so the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who's greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I didn't recognize him as the Messiah, but I've been baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. Now listen to what he says. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but God sent me to baptize with water, and he told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. John saw it. When Jesus was walking around, he understood that Jesus was that perfect sacrifice for us. Again, God's plan from the beginning. In Romans chapter 5, listen to what Paul says to us. It says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Listen to this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has made us friends of God. Now think about that. Even though we were God's enemies, his plan from the beginning was to sacrifice his son so that we could be his friends. God's plan is immeasurably more than what we could ask. So many of us, we want a relationship with God just so we don't go to hell, just so we don't have this crazy life on earth on our own ideas. But his idea is to be bigger. His idea is for us to be his friends. And here's the thing, guys. God's plan for our lives is more than simply forgiveness. God doesn't just want to forgive our sins. God wants to start a new thing in us. God's plan for us didn't stop at the cross. Listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 2, right before the verses that we read earlier, 
verses, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and verses 8 through 10, he says, God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us new life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you've been saved. Now, pause there, grace. That means undeserved favor, undeserved love, undeserved forgiveness. So I can never be good enough to earn forgiveness. None of us here can ever be good enough to earn forgiveness. But he said, it's by God's grace, by his undeserved forgiveness. And it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so that none of us can boast about it. Now listen to this, guys, and let this sink in. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so guys, this is what I really want to hit on today. God's plan was to lead Jesus to the cross. God's plan was to forgive us for our sins. But the plan starts there as well. God's plan goes beyond the cross. God wants to do good things with you. God's given you gifts. He's given me gifts. He's given us abilities, things we can do well. Now, some people have a lot of abilities. They can do a lot of things really well. They're those ones that, you know, just make you sick because they're good at everything. Some of us only have a few things we can do well, but we all have something that we can do. There's something inside of you that God put in you that just burns with passion. Sometimes the way you find out what you're passionate about is what makes you mad. What makes you angry? When you see misjustice, when you see things going on, I think that's not even a word, injustice. When you see things going on and it makes you mad, that's something you're passionate about. When you see people abused, maybe that makes you mad. When you see people that don't have hope, that stirs you up. But whatever that thing is that's inside of you that burns, that's something God has given you. And that's something that God can use. That's something that God can do through you. Now, I'm not talking about bad things. I'm talking about good things that God wants to use. God can use the craziest things. He can use your cooking ability. He can use your desire to help others. He can use your humor. He can use your speaking ability, your musical ability, your artistic ability. God can use your love for people. God can use your ability to talk to others. God can use those things to do something, and that's God's plan because Paul said here that he can created us anew so we can do the good things that he planned for us when? Long ago. You see, God didn't just come to know you when you popped out of the womb. God knew you way before. In the Psalms, David talks about being knit together in his mother's womb. God knitted you together long ago. God prepared something for you so that you can do good things. You can do the things he's called. And so, guys, we all have a part to play in his story of redemption. God has a part for you and for me to play in changing this world. And I know some of you are thinking, I just want to survive the coronavirus. Like, I just want to make it out of this without my wife burying me in the backyard or my husband, you know, moving me to Alaska or something. I just want to get out of this thing alive. God's got more than that. God has got great things for us to do, and God can use this coronavirus to do that. God can use those abilities that you have to reach people that don't have hope. Guys, we're, we're isolated in this thing, but we're more connected than ever. This phone in my pocket is more powerful than my first computer. It can do more than my first computer. You know, I, I had Word documents and video games. That was about it. We've got incredible technology at our disposal. People are looking for hope, and God may be using you for that hope, to share that hope with others. We're all invited in a relationship with Jesus, and we're all invited to bring others into that relationship with him. You know, you have people that watch you. I have people that watch me. You see, when I was a kid, 
I used to go to my grandparents' farm to work. And, you know, my mom, <laughs> she was a single mom. Uh, she couldn't afford a lot of nice stuff, and I wanted nice stuff. So I would go work on the farm to buy that nice stuff, you know, video games and baseball stuff and all that and clothes. And so I would go in. I learned a lot of things working on that farm. I learned work ethic. I learned the value of money. I learned to hate mosquitoes. You know, all those things that, that working at a young age can do. But here's the thing, guys. While I was there, my grandparents drug me to church every single Sunday. And VBS, even though I was like the oldest kid there, I still had to go to vacation Bible school. And so that little church, Barner River Baptist Church, has got a really special place in my heart. Because even though they didn't know what God was using them to plant seeds in my life, they would come to fruition later. When I was a teenager and I was running from God, God used those seeds and the praying family to pour into me. And I'll be forever grateful to those guys for what they did in my life. But you know what? God is doing that through you. God is using you to talk to other people. I'm tripping over my feet here. God is using you to speak to people. People are watching how you interact with your family. People are watching how you interact with people. Well, okay, they were watching how you interact with people in stores. Now you can't really go to stores. God is watching us, and God has got opportunities for us to share with others. So will we play our part? Will we allow God to do infinitely more through us? And that is a question that only you and I can answer for ourselves. Are we willing to allow God to do infinitely more in us and through us? Because, guys, the, the plan doesn't just stop at the cross. So that's what we're going to talk about the next seven weeks. But today I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to allow God to do infinitely more in you and through you? And I know you're sitting at home. Maybe you're sitting on a couch. Maybe you're in a car and you're listening to this. And you're saying, I don't know what God could do with me. Well, here's an idea. Just invite him in. Say, you know what, Lord, I don't know exactly what great plans you have for me, but I'm ready. I'm willing. I will do whatever you want to do in me and through me. I make myself available. So this morning, if you're there and, and you're sitting at home and you're thinking, you know, I don't, I don't really have this relationship with God that you're talking about. I don't have this thing where you, where you said that I could be God's friend. Well, you can change that today. I want to say a simple prayer here. Now I'm going to invite all of you at home to pray this prayer with me. And if you say this prayer and you mean it and you're talking to the Lord, the Bible says that he will make you a brand new creature, a brand new creation. And all we're saying is, Lord, I know I've made mistakes. I invite you in. So pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I pray right now that you would come into my life. Lord, I admit that I've made mistakes. I've messed up. I've hurt other people and I've hurt you. And for that, I'm sorry. And I ask today that you would come into my life. Make me new. Forgive all my sins and change my life forever. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to ask you to take a moment this morning and just say, Lord, I'm open to whatever you want. I want you to do infinitely more in me and through me. And as we go these next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about specific things that you can do, specific ways you can be opened up, and, and God can kind of move us outside of our comfort zones. But I'm going to invite you this week, just say, Lord, give me opportunities. Show me things that I can do to reach others for you. So guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we invite you to, to join with us in financial giving as well. We're still here. We're still trying to reach this community. We still have missionaries that we have to support on the field. Uh, we've got some great ideas these next couple weeks. We're going to try to get some missionaries to chat with us, and we'll video that and share that with you. 
but if you'd like to donate, you can mail checks to the church, 1304 North Adams. You can drop them by the office. You can give online, lexag.org. Hit that donate tab that'll help you do that. Uh, in the app, you can do that as well. But guys, thank you for being with us. Thank you for being faithful to this. And guys, we're excited about what God is going to do in us and through us in these next few weeks. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Wednesday night, youth at 7 o'clock. Uh, Sunday morning, we have Kids Church at 945 at service at 1030. Guys, thanks for being with us.